Welcome back to the Alpha Real Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Shay Haddow, and you are listening to episode 200. I can't believe we made it to 200 episodes. So if you've been listening since the beginning, huge, huge thank you. If you just started listening, welcome to the party. So episode 200, I wanted to go big with this one. I wanted to make sure that we had an awesome conversation, that we had an awesome guest, and I think we did just that. So in today's episode, I sat down with Rachel Adams, who is an Olympic athlete for USA Volleyball. She won the bronze medal in the 2016 Olympics as part of the volleyball team. So she is also not only a former Olympic athlete, but right now she is a mindset and confidence coach for female athletes. So she works with college pro athletes and athletes transitioning from high school to college. So in this episode, we covered a ton. We talked about her journey to becoming an Olympic athlete, how she only started playing volleyball when she was a freshman in high school. It's pretty crazy. So an awesome story there. We talked about the importance of building self-awareness in order to improve. We talked about how Rachel used self-talk to really catapult her confidence and get her into the right mindset. We talked about how she handled pressure during the Olympics, how she was able to handle, you know, everyone wanting to talk to her and, you know, be a part of her life and all that kind of stuff. Um, And then we also got into her new mentorship program for college and pro athletes. So if you want to learn more about this, obviously listen to the episode, check out all the goodness, and then check out the links below in the show notes to learn more about Rachel, to connect with her, and also to learn more about her mentorship program. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. It was extremely fun for me to be able to talk to Rachel, to learn from her, and to see what her journey was like to becoming an Olympic athlete. So I think you're going to enjoy it just as much as I did. Enjoy it. Rachel Adams, welcome to the Alpha Real Confidence Podcast. We are so excited to have you today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, when you when you sent that email, I was like, Rachel Adams, like you look so familiar. And then, like I said, when we were off air, I did my research on you and I was like, yeah, I remember watching you play at Rio, volleyball player. Um, and as I was doing my research, something interesting I found and I'd love to hear about is you didn't find volleyball until you were in high school, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's hear that story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's actually crazy because I think back every day, like, because I had an option to make two decisions and luckily I made the decision that brought me to this moment. Um, but, you know, I was spending the night at my best friend's house. She was an avid volleyball player, had was on club teams and we were going to the high school. So she was heading to the freshman incoming volleyball camp. And she asked me in the morning, like, hey, do you want to come in? Do you want to sleep in? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, you know, let me call my mom. Let me see, you know, what I can do. And she said, hey, like, tell me what you want to do. I'll pick you up. They didn't have Uber back then. So <laughs> right. she like, I'll, I'll pick you up. Like, just tell me what you want. If she goes in, I'll pick you up. Um, if not, head in. I said, okay, I think I'm going to go. And I brought my, my incoming freshman, like, or my summer reading book. You know, the books they like, yeah. they, like you know, preview for school. <laughs> And so I brought my summer reading book and I asked the coaches, like, is it okay if I sit on the sideline, my friends um, playing volleyball? And they're like, yeah, cool. No problem. Five minutes later, they asked me if I wanted to join in. I was like, okay. You know, I didn't, I don't even know what I was wearing, but I remember not getting a single serve over. I was absolutely trashed. 
Um, but I fell in love with like the way my coaches were teaching volleyball um, and just what I was learning. And I just loved what was happening. And I came back the next day and the next day and I ended up making the freshman team. Wow. Um, and then, you know, the rest is history. And then I went on to um, be the number third recruit in my class. And I went to the University of Texas on a full ride. And then after I was graduating from Texas, I thought that I was going to put my advertising degree to use mm-hmm. and go to New York and like join a, um, and, you know, an agency. And then, you know, there's a story in between that, but then I ended up playing in Poland professionally. Okay. Um, and then that rocked me into joining the national team and then making the yeah. Olympics. So I always think back to that day, like, what if wow. I like decided to just like sleep in or go home and like, right. well, I don't know where I would be. So yeah, accidentally yeah. found volleyball in high school. That's insane. So bef- like before that, were you playing any other sports? Um, so my dad played basketball. He played mm-hmm. in the NBA and then also played mm-hmm. professionally. Um, and my mom was like an avid tennis player. So they tried to get me awesome. in golf and I went to the high school thinking I was going to be a basketball player. I didn't really enjoy basketball, but like, I thought like since I was tall, you know, right, like, right. Whatever, I was going to do it. I went to the camps. Um, and yeah, so volleyball is like what I found myself and what I fell in love with. And I just became addicted um, ever since. I think it's really cool that you said that at the beginning you were terrible, <laughs> like you couldn't get <laughs> anything over. Cause I think a lot of times people would look at you and Olympian and be like, Oh, she just bet she's been good since day mm-hmm. one. Right. And number one, you were a super late bloomer. Number two, like you weren't like maybe naturally the greatest at it. So like, how did you go? Let's see. So freshman to senior, like you obviously got recruited to play for one of the best volleyball schools in the country. Yeah. Um, like how much work did you have to put in to, to get to that point of, you know, not being good to then playing and being the number three recruit? Yeah. So I feel like it was two things, actually maybe three things. So my dad always taught me to like be a sponge. And so whenever I stepped in the gym, I just wanted to learn like as much as I could. And if it was a coach's feedback or if it's something we are working on, um, I just wanted to learn it. I wanted to be good at it. And, you know, there's also a double side is like, I wanted to be perfect at it, you know, yeah. with perfectionism, but like it can mm-hmm. hold you back and push you forward. Totally. Um, and then I also, you know, just that like determination, I just had like, you know, I would see like the state banners up on the walls and like yeah. people talk about certain volleyball pro- players that passed to the program. I was like, ah, oh, I want to be talked about. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. You know, like, you know, I just had like visions and I would write down my goals and kind of yeah. like, okay, like, what do I need to do to like get there? And, mm-hmm. um, and just a focus. Uh, I just wanted to, like I said, be a sponge, but just how can I get better every single day? Um, And it doesn't have to be like 20% better. It can just be like, you know, that 1% that people talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, yeah, I just was like a learner and, you know, there was a part that was like kind of like hard on myself, which wasn't great, but it also, I just wanted to get better. And, you know, there's this quote that's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work Mm -hmm. hard. So 
you know, there's a part that was like, okay, I am now like a natural talent. Like, you know, I have like the height, I have the athleticism, but like, if I'm not working hard, like I'm not going to get far. So there's that part that's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I can't just lean on my talent and I'm going to have to work hard because for a while I felt like, oh, I'm an athlete. Like, you know, I can like take breaks or, you know, whatever, but like, you know, if you're kind of not working hard and then just, you know, this, I guess is going to a fourth thing, just like I had to learn more about like my mindset, you know, um, even though I really developed that at like a late, late age. Yeah. I mean, I didn't develop that till I, so I played until college. I didn't play after that, but I didn't develop it until before my senior year, like the very last year. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And for you, I was reading in your, um, like in the email you sent me that in 2016, so Rio, your lack of confidence and your lack of a good mindset almost held you back from even going. So talk a little bit about that experience there. Yeah, so connecting it to like how I found volleyball since I found it so late, since the day since the day I walked into that gym, I had this belief that like I wasn't enough or I wasn't as skilled as those around me. Yeah, and I carried that belief with me, even though I went to Texas on a scholarship, even I got even though I got invited into the USA National Gym. and it wasn't until I think it was like 2015, I was with the national team and one of my coaches came up to me and he's like, why does it look like you don't deserve to be out there? Like, why does it look like you think you don't deserve to be out there? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> I'm fine, you know? And it really just made me deep dive into like, am I holding myself a certain way? Like, actually I am thinking a few things. Why does it feel? Yeah. Like, I'm not owning my space. Why does it feel, why, why? And I just started like Googling things like confidence and, you know, beliefs. And luckily we had like a sports psych and we talked to our team about like self-talk and um, it just like got, went down like this rabbit hole of like all these mindset things and um, leading up to that year of 2016, um, you know, I was doing all this like, mindset work when I was in Italy during that professional season um and then once I arrived in the gym in 2016 leading up to that like month long like before they make that like selection for the national team Mm -hmm. I just felt confident I felt like you know things can come my way and like I can get moved past them and you know in the USA gym it's so mental because you're competing. Okay. These are your teammates, but you're also competing for the same spot. And you want to know like what the coaches are thinking, what's going to happen. Like, are they going to take that mistake? You know, like everything is such like a high end level, but like, I felt like I got to that place where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to focus on what I can control. And, you know, all these things that I kind of worked on allowed me to find that inner confidence, that inner strength and that inner peace. Like when I entered that gym, and I was able to perform how I wanted to due to like all of that work that I did behind the scenes. Yeah, that's that's amazing to like when when you get to that point of realizing yeah. like, oh my gosh, like there is there's more 
to it. Right. And you started doing research and kind of the same thing with me. Like I was like, Oh, like we have a sports psychologist and I can take these classes. Like, why don't I actually do it and, and actually apply myself? Um, So for you, I'm curious, like what were, if you had to say like the one or two strategies or kind of things that really kind of, you know, catapulted your confidence and started to change things for you? Um, I would say number one would be self-talk. I had no idea what it was. And um, I don't know if you heard of the sports psych, Mike Gervais. Yeah. He worked mm-hmm. with like the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was our sports psych. I'm so thankful. Oh my to, like, gosh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So wow. he worked with us for like three years. Um, and he would come fly in and like do like group meetings. And it was amazing. Um, but he was like, so guys, like, how is your self-talk? And I remember thinking like, I don't talk to myself, like crazy <laughs> people talk to themselves. Like, what are you talking about? And he had us, he's like, go into practice today and listen to the voice in your head after you make mistakes. Listen to the voice in your head when you're feeling uncomfortable on the court. Like, what is it saying? Like, just tune in, just tune in. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I yeah. went into practice and I like, missed this serve and I was like oh god you suck like why can't you make any of your serves I'm like oh. there it is <laughs> that self talk and he was like he's like there's two types like positive and negative and I was like oh my oh. god like my self-talk is horrible and like I and I learned more like the, about the inner critic you know how it's like the same thing yeah but just like labeled differently and how he can be like an inner mean girl and I realized like I was my biggest bully mm-hmm. like me like you know, the things I would say to myself, I would never say to a teenage. And I, once I was able to like, just be aware of it. And then, you know, when I, after I decided, like, I'm going to stop telling myself, like, I'm a bad server and I'm just going to see what happens. And I'm like, okay, I missed a serve. Like what, what can I, was my toss bad? Was my hand contact bad? Okay. Like I'm a good server, you know, I'm a good server. And it was just a bad serve. And yeah. last summer, um, I got best server award at a tournament and nice. I was like, Oh man, wow. That, this, that, this, <laughs> it like, works. Not just powerful. It works. Yeah. Like, wow. Okay. Um, and then the second thing was, I told you, I had that belief that like, I wasn't enough since I started volleyball so late and just like tackling like this limiting belief mm-hmm. and first like obviously the awareness like being aware that they're out there and like listing them out like okay what am I telling myself about myself and what do I believe to be true and then questioning them like Mm -hmm. are they true um is this a fact like what would happen if I didn't believe this and obviously it's not like an overnight thing but like yeah just going head on first like being aware and just being like okay I can choose not to believe this anymore Um, and that was like, those were like the two, um, biggest things that like stand out to me that like, just really just skyrocketed my confidence. I'm so glad you led with those. Cause so often we think of all these like really like tangible strategies. Um, but actually I did a training earlier this week, uh, around the four drivers of confidence. And the first one is self-awareness, right? Like if, if you're not aware of your thoughts and if you're not aware of your limiting beliefs, like you can't, you can't change it. Right. So it's, it's the self-awareness first. And then it really is like questioning, like, oh, why am I thinking that? Where did that belief come from? Is that actually true? Because if we believe it's true, like, obviously it's going to continue to stick with us. So it's really important to be aware of it. And then, 
you know, be um, realistic and, and questioning, like, what's the validity of this belief and of this thought. So I love to hear that that's like something that really helped you along your journey. That's really cool. Yeah. Huge. It was big time. Nice. Awesome. So I want to hear about, um, your first Olympic experience. So Rio, so how old are you? I know we're like similar age, but when you were in Rio 2016, how old are you? I was, um, 26. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am not very good at math, but we're probably like the same then. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. Um, so with that being said, what was the experience? Like specifically, I want to hit on the pressure, like that's the world's mm. biggest stage. Did you feel a lot of pressure training for it, leading up to it when you were there? Kind of talk about the pressure that came with that. Yeah, I think we did a good job of talking about the pressure, mm. the fact that there'd be pressure and not just being like ignoring it and not having a conversation and just yeah. being like, hey, you're going to be an Olympian. You should not feel pressure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, so yeah. like, so the fact that we just like addressed the elephant in the room, because for many of us, it was like our first Olympics and for some, it was their second. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember Mike said that being nervous is normal. Um, and it means that you care and that you don't have to try to push it away. And you should just be like, hi, you know, I see you there. <laughs> yeah. Like, welcome. And, you know, first, you know, it's normal. And then another thing that like, just, you know, sticks with me still, I remember our coach was like, um, so tell me like, is the net the same height? And we're like, yeah. They're like, is this the court the same size? And we're like, yeah. Like the ball, is it the same size? Or is it going to be bigger at the Olympics? <laughs> like, no, the same size. Are the comp, is competition going to just like, change like are there gonna be all these different girls that we've never played before like mm. you know countries new countries are gonna just like pop up randomly like no yeah. and like everything that you need to just do exactly what you've been doing nothing changes yeah. you know like yes like there will be more people watching but just lean on knowing that you don't have to do anything more anything less like mm. everything everything that you've been doing has prepared you for this moment. And, um, that just stuck with me. I was like, yeah, nothing. I'm not going to arrive yeah. and be like, Whoa, look how high this net is. Like, <laughs> right. It's the same net, you know, like there's right. going to be like no surprises and, um, just things that help us just like regulation of the breath and knowing totally. like, being aware yeah. of like where we are, like, am I super activated? And like, how can I bring myself down? And I remember, uh, my first game at the Olympics, uh, I didn't realize until the second set that my knee pads weren't even pulled up, you know, <laughs> I think I blacked out. And so yeah. then when I like actually checked into my body and I was like, okay, like, all right, now let's start. Cause I don't even know what happened during the first set. I was just like in blackout mode, totally like volleyball, like not even there. So once I was like, okay, like I'm grounded, I'm here, like connecting to my breath. Um, but, you know, there's going to be, and we address things like people that you haven't heard from kin since kindergarten are going to be reaching out. Oh, like, yeah. And it's true. Totally. Like, I had people from kindergarten reach out with, like, pictures, and everybody wants to be a part of it, and rightfully so, you know, but, like, they're like, if you only text your mommy for the game, 
only text your mom. Don't start texting. Don't change it. Yeah, kindergarten <laughs> and high school. Like, just keep to your thing. Like, just keep it normal. Keep it, mm. like, to what you know. And don't try to do too much. Keep your same thing. Because it when you start to, like, do stuff out of it, it starts to feel, like, bigger and different. Yeah. And, yeah. So um, just things like that. But, like, if you don't post on social media a lot, don't start posting. And, you know, it starts to consume you. Because, you know, you want to start being interactive and interacting right. with the fans. But if, like, you're not used to doing that before, like, now's not the time to start. <laughs> like, just keep to what you know. There's like so many pieces there. Cause yeah, at the Olympics, it's like, you're this, like, you're this star, you're this, yeah. you're this person that everybody is like, oh, I know her and wants to reach out and everything like that. But it's, I think it's really important. And obviously for a youth athlete, it's not like that necessarily, but the, the core of it is the principle is that no matter if you're playing in like a pickup game or if you're playing, you know, a championship game for nationals, whatever it is, like don't feel like you have to change anything. And I love what you said is don't, yeah, don't have to do anything more. You don't have to do anything less, just, just play. And I think we tend to like build it up in our minds and our perspective of the pressure is usually what tends to like crush us in that moment. Yeah. hundred percent. Even if they're like going into trials and they're like, okay, I have to show my best. I have to do my yeah. best. I have to hit the ball harder. It's like, no, just lean on what you know and you don't have to be anything more anything less just like lean on your fundamentals lean on everything that you've been building up to this moment and that's all you need like don't feel like you have to be something else than what you are were you uh someone that before games got like extremely nervous or were you like pretty level-headed um I would say I'm pretty chill I would say like I would definitely have like anxious feelings like I remember in high in college my sports nutritionist was like you should try drinking tea before the game just to like relax (laughs) yeah like I don't and I wonder like what made her like have me sit down and like drink tea but like I stuck with it and it's just like I take sips like when I'm on the bus and I like to go thing I'm definitely not like an amped up person but like now I'm just like chilling I'm like on my phone yeah. you know, just randomly scrolling to like, you know, Twitter, um, listening to music, but I definitely had those interference of like, oh, I'm like excited. Like I'm getting like, yeah, you know, my, my excitement is raising, but I need to just be chill. And like, you know, mm-hmm. when the time comes, like direct it into yep. the game. Yeah. yeah and I, I love earlier how, cause I think it's so huge where athletes are like, oh, I feel nervous. Oh my gosh, there's something wrong. And then when there's something wrong with being nervous, you just get more nervous and it turns into anxiety. Right. So I just want to hit home that point again, where you said like the nerves are normal. The nerves mean that you're excited, that you care, that, that your body's like ready to go. And also when you were talking about like you guys did breathing to make sure you regulate, regulate, right? Cause if you're mm-hmm. too low, then you're not going to perform. If you're too yeah. high, you're not going to perform. So it's like finding that, that middle ground. And it doesn't have to be like something that you're like, Oh my gosh, I got to find the middle, but like, you got to kind of find the middle ground of like some nerves are actually good. So don't let that freak you out. Like let them come in. Mm-hmm. And exactly. And I remember one thing, Mike, asked us like he told us about like the scales like one to seven like mm-hmm. where do you perform at like your best like you know there's some teammates that are like amped up on coffee and they're like they love being at a six or seven at all times they're like fighting with the ref and you know mm-hmm. like doing this but like that's not me you know like 
I feel like when I'm at my best, my activation level is probably at like a four or five, like a five, four or mm-hmm. five, like kind of like in the middle, like I mean, I can get like excited, but like, obviously if I'm too chill, I'm like probably like not here and like thinking about lunch, you know, um, just knowing like what your activation and like what yeah. level is good for you. So like yep. when you are like too chill, you're like, okay, like how can I get like raise that activation level? If like I am too high, like more than usual, like how do I lower that right. just a little bit? Right. And it goes back to being aware of number one, like what, what's going on with your body, but also being aware of, of where, where works best for you on the activation mm-hmm. skill. Um, for you, like what was something that got you like really excited and pumped up and like ready to go? Was it music for you or did you do anything else? Um, definitely music, but I think just like when I started warming up and moving and like the excitement of like the game and starting and like we're hitting like doing hitting lines and like I start to feel like that adrenaline happening mm-hmm. like it's game time mode or um you know just like entering the arena and setting that like excitement yeah. like start to like fill fill me up um but maybe like if I realize like I'm way too high like that means like I'm kind of like not even aware of like what's happening right like, mm-hmm. um like I'm not even like in the process of like the warm up and I'm just like overhyped or like, okay, like maybe I should stop talking to people around me. <laughs> like, let's like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Like things are way too activated. Yeah. Cause when you're too activated, it's like you, you really like aren't in your body and you can't think properly. And obviously you're not going to perform properly. So it really is about regulating that, that level of arousal and activation. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So I think there's, um, I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. Or I think there's a misconception among youth athletes that think, oh, if there's an Olympian or if, if someone's on the top level team, if they're the best player, then they, they don't struggle with confidence ever. Like they're, they're just confident all the time. Right. And obviously that's not the case. You've seen it. Like obviously you, maybe some of your teammates, it was my story as well. So what, what is your take on that whole idea of if you're at the top of your game, then you don't struggle with confidence. Is there any truth or validity to that? No, absolutely not. I mean, I've played with some of like the best volleyball players in the world and all in different countries and everyone struggles with mindset, but I believe the ones that don't let that mindset affect their game and their confidence is because they have that awareness and they have the tools to navigate Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So it's always going to be there. It's always going to come like knocking at your confidence door and trying to chip away, you know, mistakes and what people might think, but it's about having that awareness and like the tools to kind of like navigate that. And I love sharing, um, just words from athletes and interviews, like even Serena Williams, she's like, I need to stop being a perfectionist because I never let myself acknowledge the things that go well. And it just like, brings me down at times you know she can be so hard on herself like Serena Williams yeah like has mindset things that she needs to work on and I see uh, so many Olympics even track um stars saying like they work with mental coaches and they talk about Mm self-talk and it's not true that once you get to a certain level you have it all figured out or you gain your confidence and you reach like okay I'm confident 
that's it. That's like, it. Nothing yeah. can touch me. Yeah. I've reached it. Like I'm confident. Like, no, yes. things are going to be coming knocking at your door that you didn't even expect. And it's just about navigating it um, and questioning it and having those tools to like guide you past it. And yeah. that's like the great part about being an athlete. Yeah, there, there really is no end game with confidence. There's no like, oh, I've reached the top of the mountain and I'm never going back down. Because yeah. it, whether it's with athletics or not, it could be with business or with family or whatever, there's always mm-hmm. going to be something that comes up. But if you have the tools and the awareness, like you said, then yeah, you're going to have these dips, but you have the tools to navigate you and, and guide you through that. So mm-hmm. I know for me and probably for you too, it's helping athletes to learn how to navigate the ups and downs of life, not just the ups and downs of being an athlete. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I actually saw a post from you the other day talking about even just self-love mm-hmm. and how you're not just helping athletes just with a confident thing, but it's like a whole life thing. Like what you learn, like on the court, like spills over off the court. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to get into that next, like what you're doing now, which is so awesome. You have something super exciting coming up here. So tell us about, um, is the journey strength, is that the correct Mm -hmm. name to it? Awesome. So tell us about journey strength, what it's all about. Um, and then I'll ask some follow-up questions from there. Okay. Um, so I started journey strength in 2016 around the whole, like going Mm -hmm. to the Olympics and, um, navigating mindset and self-talk and self-doubt and, something that just got me through was like words and I would be like I'm the person that like is on Pinterest taking screenshots of everything seeing stuff on Instagram and like I love keeping quotes and words around and so Journey Strength was originally where I created water bottles and t-shirts and mugs to keep inspiring words um, for people to take with them on their journey during times that they for question if they're enough if they could do this if they can continue and now it's um, morphed into a place where I am now a mindset and confidence coach for female athletes to help them um, own their confidence during competition through the power of mindset. So it still has like the same why and it's mm-hmm. like, how can my journey help someone else? Um, but the mission is different and diving more into like female athletes and being of service for them, like being a coach and also a mentor and I created a three-month program called awesome. Confident and Capable, where oh, I, I just it. help, yeah, where I just help athletes navigate that mush. You know, talk about self-talk, limiting beliefs, um, perfectionism, uh, being able to bounce back after making mistakes, um, and just having the tools that they can take with them on their journey to help them own their confidence during competition, and that's going to spill outside of competition because once you kind of like navigate that you see like the same things like outside of sport come to oh yeah you know come to you know attack you during like regular day life (laughs) you just feel capable you feel like okay I can navigate this Mm -hmm. and you know when things come my way like I have the tools and the mindset Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And it's so true that like, it's going to hit you outside of life. Like even yesterday for me, 
like yesterday I was being so hard on myself. Um, and I was like, whoa, like, let's actually like, okay, I, I'm aware of what's going on. I'm being crazy hard on myself and let's give myself some grace. Let's sit in the suck for a minute. But then like, I have the tools, like, um, why don't you uh, practice what you preach and actually get out of it? Like, what would you tell your athlete? And I kind of went through that conversation with myself and it really is like, no matter what stage of life you're in. And I love how the name is journey strength, right? Because it is a journey and with every up and down, you just get stronger and stronger and stronger, but exactly. they're, but they're, right. Yes. But there is no, like we said, there is no end game. It's just this continuous journey of, you know, whether it's athletics or work or family or relationships or whatever it is, there's always room for improvement to improve your mindset and your confidence. And mm -hmm. it sounds like your program is going to do just that. A hundred percent. Yeah. I'm so excited. When is the official like launch date and all that? So I'm launching in August and it's going to be like a tentative date because I still have some like little behind the scenes automatic at a automated system <laughs> to get, you know, so everything flows, but in August, so just awesome. keep a lookout and I'll let you know so you can add it to the show notes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it all linked up for you guys to check it out. And then where can they find you since we're on the topic? We're not quite done yet, but since we're on the topic, where can they find you and then journey strength on social media? Where's the best place for them to kind of follow you there? Um, so for Instagram, it's literally just at journey strength. And then for my personal Instagram, it's Rachel Adams and it's R-A-C-H-A-E-L Adams. Um, so those are the two places I hang out. A-E-L guys, not A-E-L. Because <laughs> usually E-A-L is more common, right? E-L, uh, yeah, just the E-L, yeah. Or just E-L, right, right, cool. So, okay, one last kind of big question for you. Obviously, as an Olympic athlete, you've had a lot of ups and downs, trials and tribulations. For you, what was the biggest kind of obstacle that you had in your career? Or maybe it doesn't even have to be volleyball. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest obstacle you had that made, I would say, the biggest um, kind of positive difference in your life after you got over that obstacle? Um, I would say, I don't know, because I've had, if you would ask people a year before the Olympics, if I was going to go to Olympics, like they'd probably like, no, like <laughs> they named some other people. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I also had like this weird, like eye surgery. Cause I had like a retina thing. So like that yeah. kind of, like, took me out of some tournaments and there were some times where I was like, not in the mix, but I just trusted like, okay, yeah. I'm just going to keep working hard <laughs> and everything is going to work out. And I'm just going to be ready when that moment is. And so it's within those moments of when I am trusting and I'm like in the muck, in the mud where like yeah. things aren't looking good or I'm struggling or, you know, I'm not where I want to be. I have that trust and that inner knowing, like it's all a part of the journey. Like yeah. I am meant to be here. Like, what can I learn? And I know I will figure it out like on the other side, but like, I'm just going to embrace, I'm going to unfortunately enjoy like where I am now and just know that yes. like, this is a part of the journey. So like learning that, like these things are part of the journey and the, the lion's not perfect. It can be up and down and here and there really let me just use that and become stronger. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, there's this one quote, it's like, because of my 
failures, I realize my strength or something like yeah, that. Something, I don't, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's because of my failures and all those dark times that like I realized how strong I was. And yeah. I truly believe like when you ask for something, like you're gonna be taken through the muck to like transform you so you could be True. what you need to be um for that moment. Yeah. And I mean, like in the moment of the, the trials and obstacles, like it really does mm-hmm. suck. And and you think like, oh my gosh, why me? Like, why is this happening? It's so hard. But then maybe a month, maybe five years, maybe 10 years after you're like, oh, like I see how that helped to shape me. Or I see why I needed to go through that. Like the same thing mm-hmm. with, with both of our stories is like, we went through our own confidence and self-doubt and self-criticism and all that. And now it's allowed us to now help other people with it. So I, I would never change that for the world. I would rather have gone through my experience and have been this crazy, confident, super athlete. And then like, I don't know what I'd be doing. Right. So it's so important to just like, even when you're in the muck, like you said, to like, enjoy, enjoy where you're at, even though that may be really hard in the moment, but you just have to kind of have that perspective shift. No, 100%. I love that. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. I think we could talk for for hours if it was up to me. Um, So thank you so much for for sharing your journey and your story. And I know that just from listening to you, like there's so many girl athletes that can take what worked for you, what you did, what you've learned, and they can apply it immediately and start to see results as well. So Truly, thank you for for sharing all your wisdom and, and all your experience. And I'm sure this won't be the last time you're on the podcast. No, I hope it won't be. And thank you, Shay, and everyone out there that is listening. Like, you're not alone. Olympian or not, like, we all face the same thing. So keep going and you got this. There you go. Yep. Make sure you guys go check out Rachel and Journey to Strength and then check out her new mentorship that'll be released soon. Thanks for coming on, Rachel. Bye, guys.